Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Urban Youth Word. We want to encourage you to engage with it and at the end even ask Holy Spirit to take this word, let it go deep into your heart and for him to make the changes that he would like to make through what has been spoken. If you have any more questions or you'd like to reach out, you'd like to know, we'd love to reach out to you. If you haven't joined us, I want to encourage you to join us in person. Urban is a ministry for high school aged young people and we meet every Friday of the youth term where possible and we would love to connect with you if you haven't yet connected with us. And we're going to be actually centralizing ourselves around the story of one really important Bible character who's called Joseph. We will have a short video to summarize him pretty soon. Um, but this is for you. I, want you. I want to ask you to make sure to pay attention this entire term because it's not like one night is going to change your life. It's incremental changes. That's how Jesus does it. It's walk by walk, step by step, right? Commit yourself to actually listen and follow the story that's going to be happening this term. Because uh, one of the things that I want for you is I know that some of you guys and even other young people that I speak to, they're actually sick of just going through motions. They're actually sick of just, you know, I'm going for the next high. They're sick of that. And they actually want their lives to mean something. So they're actually looking for truth. They're actually looking for what's what is actually going to, what am I going to give my life to so that when I look back, it actually has had meaning. You can build something significant with your life, but it only has meaning if God is in it. Why? Because when you do things with God, it has eternal, beyond this life, value. And this is for you if you're kind of like thinking, hey, I don't know if I just want to get involved with all of this and that, chase the next high, chase the, chase the next high. Um, but the changes that are going to happen instead, if you follow along and you open your heart to God, I'm not talking about like, oh, be all, you know, try and behave a certain way. I'm actually saying, you know, when God will speak to you in your heart, listen, follow, obey, and just keep your heart open. And he's, and you watch the stuff that he's going to do for you. And that's what I feel for, you know, for us. It's, it's really up to your hunger. It's really up to your expectation whether or not you receive what God has for you. He never stops to actually come towards us. He leaves that up to us, whether or not we're going to open up our hearts. One of the things that I feel for tonight is that God is actually wanting to untangle and untwist um, the stuff that some of us are all bound up by that's connected to our complicated pasts. And so we're going to power through the story of Moses. I'd also like some time to pray at the end um, for different people and specifically for you if you feel stuck and you're like Jesus I need your help um, and you are willing to commit to the journey to follow him no matter how painful it gets right because some of us we want God to come and to snap his fingers and change everything but we're not willing to take the responsibility that comes with that freedom freedom is responsibility you understand that and so we're going to power through that all right so Let's start by giving an overview of the entire story of Joseph. So there's a quick video, and uh, if you watch short videos, the Bible Project, awesome place to actually. Hey, yeah, awesome. So these guys are super cool. You can find them anywhere. They've got free resources. And so check out this one. Thank you, Lachlan. 
We're walking through the book of Genesis, which is made up of these two main parts. And the first part begins in the garden, where we watch humanity spiral downward in self-destruction. And it ends in the Tower of Babel, where a rebellious humanity is scattered by God. Then the second part of Genesis zooms in and focuses on just one family. And right in the middle is this story that links the two parts of Genesis together and helps us understand what the whole book is all about. So how do we get from the Tower of Babel to the story here in the middle? Well, after the scattering at Babel, there's this genealogy, and it follows one of the tribes all the way down to this one guy named Abram. You probably know him as Abraham. And God starts making all these promises to Abraham, like he's going to bless him and give him a ton of kids. And he says that through him and his family, all the nations of the earth are now going to find God's blessing. So basically, God is trying to restore humanity back to the goodness of the garden and to his original intentions for the world. So it's like his rescue plan for humanity. And that's why the whole second half of Genesis is about this one family. And so you have, you have Abraham, and then he has a son, Isaac, who has Jacob, and then Jacob has 12 sons. And to each generation, God renews his promise to bless them and all nations through them. So because of this promise to use this family to rescue the world, it's pretty easy to read these stories as examples of how to be a good person. But actually, for the most part, this family is totally dysfunctional. So for example, let's go back to Abraham. This whole story is about God giving him and his wife Sarah a family, but two different times. He basically gives Sarah away to other men by denying that she's even his wife. And then Sarah gets impatient about having a son, and so she makes Abraham sleep with her servant girl, which then causes all of these other problems in the family. So they get really old, and you begin to think that there's no way they're going to have a kid of their own. But then, miraculously, they do. It's Isaac. And Isaac, he has two sons, Esau and Jacob, and it seems like things are going pretty good. But Jacob, the younger brother, wants the family's inheritance, which belongs to Esau, the older brother. So he devises a plan where he's going to steal it from his father, Isaac, who at this point in the story is now old and blind. Which who does that? Horrible stealing from your blind father. Yeah, and then he just takes off. So Jacob goes on from there to have 12 sons, big family. But Jacob loves his 11th son, Joseph, way more than all the others. And so he gives him this special technicolor dream coat, and his brothers, because of this, come to hate him. So much so that they plan on killing him. But they don't. They instead just sell him as a slave down in Egypt. Now, while in Egypt, through this crazy series of events, Joseph goes from being in a prison cell to becoming the second in command there. And so later on, the, the whole Middle East falls into this food shortage. And Joseph's brothers, they come down to Egypt looking for food. And then when they get there, who should they find as the ruler of the whole land? It's Joseph, that guy they sold into slavery. But he actually saves them from starving to death. And so here you have it. These are the great-grandchildren of Abraham who have done this heinous act to their brother. But God has transformed their evil into something good. And that's exactly what Joseph says here in the last paragraph of the entire book. He says, you guys planned all of this for evil, but God planned it for good to save people's lives. Now these words, they conclude the book because they actually summarize the message of the whole story so far. Humans keep choosing evil, and we are thinking they're, they're screwing up God's 
plan, but he keeps turning their evil back into good. And somehow, he's going to use this family to restore humanity back to the garden. So that's the book of Genesis. But we still don't know how exactly he's going to use this family to bring us back to the garden. Well, yeah, but this is just the first book, so that's what the rest of... Pretty good summary, right? Yeah, so you guys know what's going to happen. Okay? So our theme verse, our theme verse for this term is what they said at the end, Genesis 50 and verse 20, and also Romans 8, verse 28. They essentially say the same thing. Here's what Romans 8, 28 says. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose for Him. Um, I'm just going to bring what I felt God say and then we're going to pray Afterwards, for you, if any, any of this relates to you, um, and I really believe that God is really wanting to um, bring freedom to some of us and to walk us through what that's going to look like. And so this first part is really talking about complicated parts. As you can tell from, as you can tell from Joseph's background, his family's messed up, right? It's already messed up. And we all can say somewhere along our family line, it's messed up, right? You are today... The result of other people's choices. Right? That, that's what makes up you. Somebody, cho somebody chose to go and hook up with someone else. Whether married or not, doesn't really matter. But you got here. Someone else chose that. You didn't even have a choice which family you got brought into. Now, every single family that is represented here or you're connected to has a complicated past. Some like really bad complications, and others it's like, okay, we can kind of try and wrap our heads around that. And so with Joseph, just like with us, we all get this thing where we're going to walk through life. And one of the things that is talked about that if you follow God, here's one thing you can think about, right? is that everything, good or bad, all of your past that has contributed to you being being the person that you are and making the choices that you do and having the consequences of your life that happens as a result of those choices, every single one of those things, God's going to work it. God's going to put it to work. If you're carrying pain in your life, God is going to put it to work. Now, for some, it's like you hear pain will make you stronger, but God changes past pain to create a future that's going to be better than just making you stronger. It's going to make other people better. That's what God does. He goes one up from that. And so everything means everything. The good and the bad. He's going to make it work. For what? Your good. Now, one of the things that I also want you to note here is that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Right? It's not a for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. These are actually linked. If God is working something for your good, that is because it's in His purpose. If you follow the purpose of God, that is the good that you need in your life. No matter what is happening, because everything is going to work out. It's going to work out. 
You get backstabbed, it's going to work out. You have a complicated past, it's going to work out. You don't really like your friend, it's going to work out. According to his purpose. His purpose, his calling, is what's good for us. So how does he do it? He does it through people. He does it through people. People who have crappy pasts, like Joseph. Um, and so the way that we get unstuck, right? So we are generally the sum or the you know, culmination of our communities. And how God helps us get unstuck and become healthier is through healthier community. When God calls you and he says, follow me, he actually calls you into a family, right? He calls you into a family with brothers and with sisters. And so for you to be able to walk out Romans 8 and verse 28, you're going to need support. And what God does is creates a better family for you to encourage you, to remind you, hey, everything's going to work out. I know you're having a hard time at school. I know you're being bullied. I know that those people are talking bad behind your back. But don't worry about it because God has got it. For you to be able to walk through that well, you're going to need to have the kind of faith that when that stuff comes up against you, you're not retaliating. You're not fighting back. Instead, you're praying for your blessing. And that's not generally in our human nature. We want to speak back, right? We want to just like get people back. And this is the kind of life Joseph ended up leaving. So, when our brokenness comes generally as a result of the community we're from and we're connected to, in Joseph's time, it was the community that he came from that was actually um, where he pretty much got his brokenness from. He's not actually perfect. So let's read Genesis uh, chapter 37 from verse 1 to 11. Genesis 37, 1 to 11. This will just give us a little bit more of that. It should not be short. I'm reading the New Living Translation, if you like to live in the New. Um, and it says this from verse 1. So Jacob, this is Joseph's father, settled again in the land of Canaan. For his father has lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old. Any 17 year olds here? Wow. We're all so young. When, jo- <laughs> when Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks, uh, which are sheep, herds, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they got sheep here. Yeah. I have a friend who's got a pet sheep or lamb. I want to eat it. He worked for his half brothers. I actually do. I keep telling him every Christmas, like, are we going to have lamb for Christmas? But. He would get sad. He worked for his half-brothers. Let's keep going. The sons of his father's wives, uh, Billah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Ooh, that's what we call a snitch. Snitches get stitches, as you will see in two weeks. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. So there's favoritism right there. Because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. Then one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph only, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph even more. Because their father, their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a, a kind word to him. 
One night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. Listen to this dream. He said, we were out in the field tying up bundles of grains. Suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? They hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream. He said, the sun, the moon, and even the stars bowed low before me. This time, he told the dream to his father as well, as well as to, as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him or told him off. What dream is that? His father asked. Will your mother and I and your brother actually come down and bow to the ground before him? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Some characteristics of broken communities are, I don't know if I put, yeah, I'll give you that list, right? You can see that Joseph's community or his family is really unsafe. There's favoritism, there's cheating as has been seen. His father has many wives. There's immorality, there's lying, there's a lack of love, there's jealousy, right? You got any siblings that you're jealous of or are jealous of you? There's a lot of miscommunications, there's a lack of discernment or knowing what's right from wrong. There's a lack of kindness. There is anger, hatred, gossip. There's slander. There's unfairness. There's arrogance. There's misunderstanding. A lack of compassion in that community. And so if you think about the communities that you're part of right now, do they have some of these? Right? Does your past... Your family have some of these. Is that some of that being passed down? Maybe you're just like an angry person. Or maybe you just you just you just hate. Right? Maybe that's what's being passed down. Maybe there's a lot of arrogance, like Joseph, thinking he's better than his brothers. He goes and dogs on them. Oh, my dad loves me more than you. Right? There's a lack of kindness. It really struck me. They couldn't say a single kind thing about Joseph. you got to really not like somebody to not find a single thing to say kindly about them. When God calls us out of whatever place of darkness we are, he calls us into his community. Now, we don't get a perfect community. None of us here are perfect. Let me tell you that. None of us here are perfect. In fact, as soon as you walked through those doors, you actually brought some of that dysfunction that's part of you in here. I brought my dysfunction. You brought your dysfunction. And somehow, God is wanting to work with us and create something better. What's that going to mean? It means that we're going to have to make sure that we're aware of what we're bringing in, right? Maybe we tend to favor some people more than others. Maybe we are really, really struggling with lack of love or jealousy. Maybe there's immorality in us. Maybe we like to slander people. We're just gossiping. Maybe there's some of it. And, and to create a community that's going to help you thrive, we need to make sure we own our stuff. Why is that? Why is that? Because there is something that God is wanting to do in the lives of every single one of us. Now, we come every single Friday night. Why? 
because we believe that God is unlocking certain things inside of you. When we see you on a sun, when we see you at the shelves, wherever it is that we see you, outside of this as well, we really do think that God is unlocking some things and He's wanting to impact the spaces that you are in. And we want to be a healthy community so that you can take whatever is good from here that comes from God and you can take it into your world and transform the world that is around you. And so God calls you into a family that is healthier. Statistically, let me tell you this, something about this. Statistically, when you become, when you start your own family, you will, un, you will know that statistically children that are brought up in Christian homes, I wrote this down, um, experience more genuine love and care from their parents, and this makes a difference in their mental health in the long term, given that the community and that family continues to follow after Jesus. In Christian marriages, here's a crazy stat, women are actually taken care of better overall in Christian marriages, as, 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 as opposed to other types of union. And so if you want to, you know, girls, later on, feel safe, you've got to find a Christian man. That's actually going to help you. Um, Bible-believing and bible Living Christians experience, on average, less loneliness than their non-Christians counterpart. And actually also are able to handle pressure and pain better over the long run. This is just some stuff that happens when you're part of community. Part of God's solution is in a healthy and thriving community. And so the reason why we need healthy communities is because... You have a purpose on your life that you need a community to help you to walk out. What do I mean by that? Let's talk about Joseph's dreams. So he has two dreams, right? And in these two dreams, they're essentially God pretty much coming in and trying to help them understand, hey, I have a plan and it's going to happen through this kid, this 17-year-old punk arrogant, thinks he knows it all, he's favored and his brothers hate him and they want to kill him, kid, right? And if you think that God just like writes you out because you've got insecurities and you've got stuff that you need to work on, he doesn't. He doesn't write you out, right? Just because you're a rat, he doesn't write you out. Oh, snap. Let's get it. So Joseph had two dreams. He has two dreams and these dreams... They're pretty much like a, hey guys, you're going to bow down before him. No context. And sometimes God speaks like that. He'll give you a prophetic word. And you're like, God, what does it mean? Right? To be able to unpack that, you actually need a community that's going to help you to walk it out. Now, in Joseph's time, in Joseph's time, they actually knew what those dreams meant. In the culture, when his fathers and his brothers are pretty much saying, Oh, you think you're going to rule over us? You think you got one up on us? Because they understand. Now, if you have a weird dream, anybody have a weird dream? Right? You have weird dreams all the time. How many of you wake up and you go, God is speaking? <laughs> you know? Or you have a nightmare and you think, Oh, that's a warning sign. I must not go to school today because I will be hit by a giant boulder full of mosquitoes. <laughs> Right? None of us actually think like that. But in this time, when you have a dream, they understood 
A dream is pretty much a way that God speaks through to humans. Because sometimes we get a little bit dense and we've got to be knocked out and asleep before God can speak to us. So, today he speaks to us through visions. He speaks to us through prophecies. He speaks to us through the Bible. Right? And in, the, in order for you, when God has a prophetic word on you, in order for you to see it come to pass, you're going to need people who are going to help you and say, hey, you've been called to be a man or a woman of God. There is a call on your life, a gift for this and a gift for that. And you need to walk in that. Now, if you have an unhealthy community behind you, never mind your complicated past, which is going to be like, oh, God, you want me to be that and to do that? You look at your past and you write yourself off. Never mind that. But if you have an unhealthy community, they're just going to put you down like Joseph's family. What we see, and you saw the, the overall picture there, is that they end up trying to kill him because he, they think he's looking down on them when he's just saying something God, that, that's something that God said to him. So they all knew what the dream meant. Their dysfunction caused them to miss the warning of God. Their dysfunction. What are your insecurities causing you to be blind to? If you're hurt, you've been hurt by somebody, or you just think, man, my family is whack. Where I come from is whack, and I don't even know if I'm going to make it to 30. Why are you writing yourself off? Because God hasn't written you off. These kids were mad with their dad, right? They were hurt. Their brothers were hurt because their dad loved him more than them. But they took it out on Joseph. You see, when you're hurt and you don't deal with it, you'll end up bleeding on people who didn't cut you. That's usually what happens. Here's a question. Who ends up receiving the brunt of your anger, your frustrations, that wasn't there when you got hurt? Who is it? Right? <laughs> it's mama. Therapy sessions. Therapy sessions with mom. I hate you! I wasn't there! Um, I'll say this real quick. Uh, one day, like, I made my mum cry. It was the worst feeling in the world. I never wanted to get back to there again. Um, yeah. So commit to community that sees you, that believes in you. You know, there's all kinds of community. You can be part of a football club. You can be part of a tennis club. You can be part of this club or that club or that club. The Christian community is the only one that's actually interested in who you're becoming. And that is important because the world wants you for, for your skills and your gifts. But when your character fails you, they're going to make you pay. Where they will pay you to get better at maths become an accountant, whatever skill you're going to need. But when you fail morally, you will pay for what your character lacks and you thought, oh, I just needed to become a better mathematician. Instead of, I actually needed to become a person of integrity. And that is important. So recognize that you're walking hurt. Uh, build your life in a, health, in a healthy community, not like Joseph. Uh, they turned on each other. Joseph thought, my, my dad loves me, I don't need you. And they thought, our dad loves you more than us, we don't need you. And as you'll see, they're going to try and plot to kill him, because that's where it goes. 
safe communities build people to become big enough to handle the hurt so that you'll actually be able to hear God even through people that you do not like. God was speaking through Joseph. They didn't want to hear it. Right? They didn't want to hear We've got to become big enough to go, hey, I, th- I feel hurt. But if God is speaking through the very person that has hurt me, and I, I don't want to hear, I've got to become big enough so that I can actually go, I hear you, God, and I'm going to put my trust in you because I think that everything is going to work out. I'm not going to try and work it out right now. And this is where I want to land for us, right? So Joseph and Jesus. Joseph's story, um, ultimately, he ends up getting betrayed, gets sold into slavery, no right, um, pretty much a place where he would have been considered dead. His father thought he was actually dead. But through a series of circumstances, he actually ends up becoming the second most powerful in the most powerful nation in the world at his, in his time. It's like becoming... Probably not vice president. You wouldn't even be the second most powerful person in that country. It's like becoming the second most powerful. I don't know what to equate it to. And so the the there's a famine in the land, and people his family needs food. And so who do they knock on the door of? Joseph. And because he was sent pretty much to his death, he actually God actually turns his story around so that. He rises up through integrity and following God. He rises up to become in a place where he becomes so powerful he can save his family. Maybe you're going through the hard times you're going through because God is preparing for you to become the kind of person who can handle the pressures of a space where he's actually, it's actually going to mean you help others that can't help themselves. But the story of Joseph is not ultimately about you and me. It's actually showing us that somebody did that for us. Do you remember Jesus? Right? Jesus had a complicated past. He had a complicated history. If you read through his history, there were some thieves in his family. There were some prostitutes in his family. There were some people that came through from a line of incest in his family. His great, great, great something grandmother. Right? That was not allowed to be part of the family line of Jesus. But Jesus comes through that family line. Jesus had 12 friends, remember them? The 12 friends. One of them betrays him, sells him, and, and pretty much sends him to his death. And do you know what Jesus does when he's being judged? He does not say a single thing. He doesn't blame somebody. He doesn't go, you did it and you did He doesn't do that. And then he gets killed. He gets thrown into a grave and three days later he comes back to life and now he's in a place where we can be saved because of him. We can be saved because of him. He did it the right way. Even in the middle of his pain and suffering, he didn't go, now nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this on me. He believed that all things were going to work for good in the end because he trusted God. Now you might have a complicated past, but God is big enough to change that around and to take you on a journey where your future is only going to make sense in light of what God does because of your past. So I'm going to finish there. And the, the overall idea here is that God wants to untangle your past and work with you to create a better future. And so for some of you, you're probably stuck. Um, I just want to take some time to to pray for you. Um, and if you could bow your heads.
close your eyes and have a moment of reflection and ask yourself, am I in that space where I don't even think I'm worthy for God to speak to me? I don't even think I want to know what God wants to say. Excuse me. My past is too complicated. I'm too messed up. God wouldn't want anything to do with me. I want to tell you the thing that had, had been burning on my heart this whole time has been that God wants to untangle you from the past and to help you to realize that there is a purpose ahead of you. You are not a mistake. This is not a mistake. This is not a coincidence, right? This is not a coincidence. And you might be going through a hard time right now, but God's going to make it work or work out. So if that's you and that resonates with you, while everybody's eyes are closed, please, um, could you just help me by showing me your hand? I'm the only one who can see. By showing me your hand, you're like, God, I need your help in, the, in, this, in these next steps, in this next season. Once you put your hand up, I can, you can put it down. Um, I need your help. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but please help me. I can see your hand. Thank you. Thank you, I can see your hand. Awesome. Now keep your eyes closed. I'm just going to pray for you guys. God, I just pray for these that have um, raised their hands and they are asking for your help. Lord, I just um, I thank you for their precious lives. And I thank you, God, that their entire existence is precious in your eyes. And that there is nothing that comes up against them there's nothing about their past. There's nothing about where they're at right now. And maybe the insecurities, maybe the feeling of unworthiness that's going to stop you from creating a beautiful story out of that. Because everything that the enemy of our souls has tried to use against us, even sometimes our families, our friends, has tried to use against them, God, I thank you that you will turn it all around for good. So, Father, I just ask for hearts of perseverance. I thank you, God, that there would be grace to persevere, to keep on going. God, I pray that the words of the safe people around them, to remind them and to encourage them that God has got this, God, that those words will sink deep in their soul and would be nourishment for their spirit to keep on going. We break off every single tie to the spirit of darkness. And we thank you, God, that your light would come in and would flood their hearts in Christ Jesus. We thank you that every curse is broken. And we, th we just pray, God, that they would go in strength to strength to strength. And for this season, God, that we're going in, we want there to be an emerging of a spirit like Joseph's to trust you in the highs and in the lows. And we just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you for um, giving me the time to, to bring that for you. Um, we will try and put some more stuff up on our stories and uh, maybe on our social media. Um, there is actually a devotion that can actually help you um, to take these practical steps. And we'll post, we'll post some of those um, questions up for you to think about. But the reality of it is this, right? What do you do with this? What do you